welcome to the Fight and Flight podcast. This is your host, Evan Sullen, speaking, as well as my co-host, Oliver Cochran. How's it going? Today, we're just going to go over the uh, roster now. Draft is in. We're still expecting a couple free agent signings, but for the most part, there's not going to change much between now and the start of the season. Then after that, we're going to go over the schedule. So, I guess yeah, we'll I'm excited. Start- We'll start with uh, the most exciting spot, uh, wide receiver. That's our, uh, for the, for the first time in a very long time, looking good at wide receiver. What are you thinking, Oliver? I mean, we've really struggled that position from a combination of lack of talent and then even the past couple of years, just the injury bug. Like, we go into the season and we think we have enough talent and enough depth and then that just gets thrown out the door by week three. Um, but uh, yeah. last year, last I, I, year, I, like our team's so so deep. Yeah, but I mean, we saw how that held up. But now, I think, I mean, there's at least five guys like who who you can feel comfortable putting out there. You could feel good about Corey Davis. I'm not worried about what happened last year at this point because I think these additions are going to make his life a lot easier. Um, I expect Garrett Wilson to be a significant factor early on. Um, year two, Elijah Moore will be great, as we saw he has the potential last year to be extremely good, and I think he'll build on that. And then you have guys you brought back like uh, Braxton Berrios. I mean, he's just a solid security blanket, has a good relationship with Wilson already. And oh, yeah, they're best friends. Yeah, so I, those those four guys especially, and then, you know, you see what you get out of Denzel Mims at this point, but I, I, I wouldn't expect much from him. Um, and then you just have, like, the speed guys, the Smiths. Like, I always found it hilarious how these guys just stay on the team because they, you look at them and they're just, like, these physical specimens. Like, Vincent Smith is, like, crazy fast. Like, he's probably – he could be top five in, like, fastest wide receivers uh, in the league. Vincent? But, yes. I think he's been off the – I think he got a cut last year, my friend. Oh, did he? I did not see that. He's with the Texans. Honestly, I got to check that out. I may be wrong. He's the Buccaneers now. You know, I, I liked him, too, actually. Yeah, he was the best. Uh, Oh, he did. I did not see anything about that. I, I remember. Uh, I remember not seeing him on the roster one day. Oh, because it was a few. It was a futures thing. That's why. Uh, that's why I didn't see it because nobody talks about that. Alright, that's maybe. Yeah, but no, I'm really excited with the wide receiver unit. I, I agree with you on Corey Davis. Just there's gonna be so much less pressure on him last year. Really needed to be. Top weapon, and well, he he did actually he was doing pretty good. He was on pace for over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, but he struggled with drops for the first time in his career. Part of that was on Wilson. He struggled with uh, the, like the touch and uh ball placement at the start of the season, and then when Wilson came back, he was hurt. But he's still on pace for over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, and now he's arguably the third best wide receiver on the roster. Yeah, I mean, even 
even with the drops, like I, he had two touchdowns against the Panthers, two touchdowns against the Titans, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Now the he he was just a big body. Like he was doing his job. He just had those little mistakes, and if he could just work those out, like he would have been a very good receiver last year, being that he stayed on the field and you know played seventeen games. But I I'm not really worried about him especially with the fact that he doesn't need to be the wide receiver one anymore. It's not like that's his expectation. Obviously you want him to play up to the contract, but it doesn't it's not the end of the world if he's a little less than what we paid for and, you know, he's still just a solid option. Yeah, I'm curious uh, this will be a big year for him just because the Jets could get out of his contract without too much dead money after it. But uh I definitely agree. I, th- I think he'll bounce back, but I agree. He does not need to be the wide receiver one because I believe that'll be Elijah Moore. I was very impressed with what I saw by him last year. He was, pre- he was pretty dominant at, at, after the bye. He put up several numbers there with, at the top five or top ten in his position over the six weeks before his injury. Garrett Wilson, I am high on it. Just the more that I dig into him, the more I like him. But overall, I wrote about it heavily uh, before the draft. Wide receivers usually just aren't ready to be that guy yet. Like mm-hmm. what, the past three, the past two years, we had Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson, who have changed the expectation. Waddle to a less amount, but Chase and Jefferson have people expecting rookie wide receivers to be top ten, and just. There's a reason there's only two that did that since 2015. That was the only AJ Brown was the last receiver to break a thousand yards as a rookie before them, and outside of him, it's been since Amari Cooper. Uh, I was just gonna say that, like, I think that honestly it wouldn't be like too crazy. I don't expect um, Garrett Wilson to do that exactly. I think there's just gonna be too many mouths to feed, but I could see him being this guy who's just like explosive every time he gets the ball and you know he's great after the catch he makes the acrobatic stuff and the fact that we're not just placing him like throwing him into the fire and just asking him to be that guy right away like I think that takes a lot of pressure off of his shoulders and he can just go out and like go through his process and do what he does and I think that'll ultimately give better results than if you were just you know, throwing this guy in with a second-year quarterback and just hoping he finds his footing, like, right away. Because that, as much as we've seen that recently, like, that's kind of crazy to have somebody just come in and be an instant elite player like that. Yeah, it's pretty rare. It takes until their second year for them to truly, you know, start to hit their stride, which is why I have so much faith in more. But I do agree. Wilson, I think, will be electric whenever he touches the ball just because – He's just got that agility and speed and just elite speed where he's just a big play waiting to happen. And so I'm really excited to uh, watch him go to work. Yeah, just I just love this top three trio because all of them you could honestly reasonably expect to go for a thousand yards in 2022, just if like outside of each other. One, you have that, I mean, you have that fan fantastic O-line on paper like if I I would expect that unit to be top 10 assuming like everyone's healthy and we don't have 
injury roulette again, but I mean, they're like Zach Wilson should have all day. The running back should have, you know, highways to run through. Like I think we see this philosophy from Joe Douglas of, you know, always building through the trenches. And I think we're going to see that really come together this year and that it will just create a better offense as a whole in every phase, whether it's run, whether it's pass pro, like I, I think that's going to give everybody the opportunity to really find themselves early on and have less of these, you know, external factors that are just making it hard for them to find their footing or get in a rhythm because that once, once you find that rhythm, like we saw with Elijah Moore last year, you know, you really start to do great things. And if we can create an environment where they can find that as early as possible, you know, you look at this team and you start to see, well, you know, there's a lot of games they can win this year. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's definitely in year two, the offensive line has a lot of potential. The depth, the depth and it's getting pretty good now with Max Mitchell, Nate Ehrberg, and Dan Feeney. Then, yeah, running back should have all day. Carter, Hall, or both. Uh, Carter was great last year. I'm really excited by Hall. Tight ends a lot better with uh, Uzuma, Conklin, and Ruckert. And, yeah, unlike last year when we – Last year, I believe we had seven new starters on offense led by a rookie quarterback and a first-time offensive coordinator. So it's just really nice that, you know, going into year two, this time we're only going to have like uh, two to four new starters on offense, which is still, you know, a good amount. But compared to previous years, that's uh, the most uh, consistency we've had in a while. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely really excited to see this offense, and it's going to be, I think, very entertaining football. At the very least, if the wins aren't there, like at least we can have fun watching on Sundays because there has definitely not been a lot of watchable football over the past few years, and I'm excited to get more of that. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely should be much more watchable. Before uh, we move on to the defense, uh, give me – player surprise on offense one player that may surprise on offense um let's see i think i'm gonna go with um michael carter and i'm gonna say that because i mean you look at the breeze hall pick and you Instant, at least what I instantly thought was, you know, they don't really see him as the every down guy as like a do it all back, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but I do think he'll still be heavily involved. And I think he's almost going to do like what he did in college. Like he's behind a great back, who, uh, Javonta Williams, who we see is, you know, killing it in Denver. And he was just very, like, every time he touched the ball, he was a, like a big play waiting to happen. And I think it was, he, he had like a 7.1 uh, yards per carry in college or something. Something absurd. Honestly, I think I think it was like 8. Or 8. Yeah, something it, just it insane. Ridic- yeah, no, it was ridiculous. And honestly, I, I could definitely believe that Carter, Carter was outstanding in the year when he led the NFL in forcing tackles per touch as a rookie, which is pretty ridiculous. Just every time he touched the ball, it seems he'd need to break at least two tackles, get any yards. Just with with the easier situations with Hall taking out a heavier load, 
and a much better offensive line with two good blocking tight ends. Well, I guess three, actually. Three good blocking tight ends. His life should be – yeah, he'll definitely – I could definitely expect him to be in present just – while he may not have the same same uh, load, he'll definitely, you know, deliver when called upon. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm really excited to see how they can keep him involved because I just – he's a fan favorite, one, and he's also a great player. Honestly, when I when I see uh, Hall and Carter, I think uh, Chubb and Hunt. Oh, definitely. This like the speed, power back and Hall. Hall Hall's not as big as Chubb, but he's a bit uh, shiftier. And then Carter, I feel, is you know a pretty similar player to Hunt, although he doesn't run as violently. Yeah, I mean, if you can get Chubb and if if Michael Carter and Bruce Hall are Chubb and Hunt, I think. This offense is in very good hands for at least the next, three, like four years, three or four years. Yeah, you know my pick is a uh, tight end Tyler Conklin. Mm, that's a good. One. He was pretty under. I feel he's been pretty underrated so far. Most people see Uzma as the tight end one, but and while Uzma, he's a lot more exciting. He's great after the catch and will be a great scheme fit. Just Conklin is such a reliable safety blanket. He's he's one of the best uh, tight ends in short routes. Didn't have a single drop uh, drop on uh, short targets. So he's just he's just one of the best safety blankets in the league, and he has kind of underrated athleticism. Yeah, I think he's I, I think he was a really sneaky good pickup. Um, he's got like great like just watching some of the practice areas, and he's got great feet. Like he's good on his routes for you know a tight end or a guy this size. So I'm like really excited to see what he does in the passing game with this, like a third down, like being able to just get open, which was an issue last year, like to have a big target one and then one who can also, you know, get away from his man or find the open space. Like that's going to be huge to, you know, build early momentum and not just have three and out after three and out. Yeah. So, I think Conklin, he'll, I think maybe uh, maybe not so much this year, but next year as Uzuma gets older, he'll emerge. He'll, he'll start to emerge more as the tight end one. But uh, let's move on to the defense. One area that's looking like it has a lot of juice now is the uh, Jets' pass rush. Oh, yeah, there's bodies, bodies everywhere and, you know, talented bodies. I think – you know, obviously Carl Lawson coming back is probably your headliner, but the rest of that edge room, man, I think I think that the rest of those guys might even be more compelling to watch this year than Carl Lawson. And I don't think Carl Lawson will be bad. I think he's going to come back and be good. Um, but, I, like, there's, like, Jermaine Johnson obviously was an excellent pick, and I think he's going to do great things early. I mean, you've got Bryce Huff coming back, which I know you love. Um, and, you know, new guys like Michael Clemens. There's there's just so many talented guys in there. And if they can stay healthy, like, the amount of depth that's there will allow Salah to rotate his guys like he loves to do, keep everybody fresh. And I think we'll see that translate to consistent pressure um, in 2022 because we didn't see that last year. We just, you know, it kind of came and went. It was there early. It disappeared. Like, it was just – it was tough. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. And, uh, yeah, even even behind uh, what you've already 
mentioned Jacob Martin and Vinny Curry. Both both in their own right are uh, relatively above average pass rushers, even if it is just in a rotational role. So there's a lot of people that could go after the quarterback. Be seeing how good how Boston will be. I'm I'm personally optimistic, but you know, we never know. Jermaine Johnson, I'm excited. I'm still I'm still a bit concerned about his uh, low pass rush win rate, but Keeps getting sacks like he was in uh, college. I will not. I won't say anything. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think these additions are something that will allow these, you know, these veteran guys that are that have been proven they're good. Like you see guys like you, Vinny Curry, or you know, you look at Jacob Martin, who's a younger veteran who had success. Like we saw, especially with Martin, like he started to have success once they put him in that bigger role. But I think, you know, allowing these guys to just stay within the rotation and not ask too much of them, you get more out of them every rep. And, you know, Sava speaks very highly of that. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off Carl Lawson coming back from the injury. And it also gives, you know, the young guys a great opportunity to, find their footing and get going early and not feel like they're swimming because they just can't keep up with the pace of the game. Cause that's always what we hear from rookies is that it's way faster than college. And you know, when you start in small doses, it's a lot easier to pick up on that and a lot easier to get comfortable. Oh yeah. Although you talked about the outside moving to the inside. I do hope he plays uh, Quinn and Williams a bit more because he was elite in 20. Well, he wasn't. He was very good in 2021, but he could have been elite if he just played more. He had the sixth highest sack rate and the fifth highest run stop rate. His pressure rate was 23rd, which you know isn't top 10, but still you know good. So I definitely, I definitely hope he plays a bit more because he was he was 47th in total snaps. And with a player like him, I feel you gotta play him more. But still. Outside of putting John Franklin Myers on the inside, is an absolute monster. He's actually. I think he's actually even better than Quinn on the inside, at least in racking up pressures. Yeah, it definitely has a pass rusher. I would say JFM would get the edge there. Um, yeah. yeah, and then Quinn Rankins. Is, yeah, Quinn is great in both phases. Um, Rankins was – I thought he was solid last year. He was kind of touch and go, yeah. as was, you know, the whole defensive line. But I thought there was, you know, some good moments there. And I thought yeah. – I'm happy we kept him. I think, I think that was a good – He's a good guy to keep in that rotation. Yeah, I, I wasn't as high on him. I feel he definitely had a few splash plays, but I felt there, he also had a lot of bad plays. And mm-hmm. I felt we could use that money on a run stuffer because it's kind of a need. For, that's re- really the only need for the Jets right now is a true free safety and run stuffers at a D-tackle linebacker. But uh, we'll talk more about that after, but. Still, Rankins is definitely an exciting player. He had, over his career, he had a very good uh, pass rush win rate. He has that pedigree as a first-round pick. I believe he was a top 15 pick. So, you can never really count those kinds of guys out where they just have that athletic profile to, at, at least on a given play, could dominate. Yeah, and um, I think, you know, Sala will be someone you can look to get the most out of these guys wherever they play. And, you know, I agree with you. I think Quinn needs to see more snaps. Like, I get the rotation, but when you have a guy who's just dominant in every phase, he's excellent against the run. He's, you know, 
great pass rusher. Like, you just have to keep giving him the opportunity to excel because I don't want I don't want Quinnen to be capped by like his playing time. Like that you never want that for a player. You want them to be able to go out and do as much as they can do. And I think he's he's earned that. Like he's he's been great. He's a leader on the defense. I want to see him, you know, really just nose to the grindstone, turn him loose. And yeah. you know, with JFM moving back inside next to him, I think that opens a lot up for him with, you know, a little more of a legitimate edge presence this year. Like I think that opens up a lot for the interior guys. So I think everybody around him will already make him better. And now I think it's just giving him the time to go show, like, you know, how, how great he really can be for this team. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I'm, ho- I'm hoping we'll definitely see more time. And I'm de- uh, my biggest concern is just since we have so many good pass rushers, is that he has to do more work against the run because – with a player like Quinn, and I, I want to see him rack up those sacks so he could get some love. Now, I honestly want to turn back to John Franklin Myers a bit, who I think was, you know, he was absolutely dominant through the first, I believe, first four games um, before, he, yeah, first four games before he got that extension. Like, he was just, he was playing for that contract. You know, three sacks in the first four weeks. Um, could just an animal and you know he's he got that payday going into the london game against um uh, atlanta Falcons. yes and you know people started to say like oh he disappeared oh look at he's like not playing up to the contract and i just like i never understood that narrative because i mean you look at his performance like he he finished the year as you know an above average edge rusher for a guy who doesn't even really play edge so the fact that he was able to go out there and really it almost looked like, according to PFF, like his grades got better through the back half. Like he had no, he had one game, his work in the first 10, he was, um, his highest grade was an 80.7. And then toward, you know, week 15 at 84.8, uh, week 18, 83.4. Like he, he was playing really well on the outside. And I think, even though that didn't translate to the sack numbers and the flashy stuff, like he was good. And I'm, I know we heard Salah briefly, you know, talk here and there about how they plan to use him. And I think he's really going to be a guy that, you know, could play or rundowns, you know, set the edge, which he was good at and just sort of be a presence to sort of help that run defense. But we still know, and Salah still knows he has his best work as a pass rusher inside. And I don't think they want to, take that opportunity away from him because it, in my opinion, like you got, you got to let your players do what they're best at. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, for the, Myers, I think it's cause his, he started to just generate more pressures than he did sacks and no one really cares for pressures, unfortunately, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited. And I, I think the situation for him is ideal, especially with the Jets situation where he, I see him in a, the Eric Armstead role where he moves inside and outside depending on the play. He'll be on the outside where he's a better run defender on rundowns, on early downs, and then uh, move inside when he's rushing the passer to give the Jets just the two. I feel that's just the best way to use him. Just have him as use his uh, size to stop, uh, to stop that runs on the edge and then move him inside where he uses quickness to uh, win, to win at a very high rate. 
yeah, I, I'm very excited to see what this defensive line does. But if we want to turn to another part of the defense where I don't know if we can be as comfortable, at least for now, the linebacker group. Um, there's a there's a lot there's a lot to get into. I don't know where you want to start with that. You know, linebacker is definitely. Uh, I'd say it's. I'd say linebacker is probably the weakest position on the Jets right now, because C.J. Mosley is really the only proven name, and obviously. He's still doing a very good job, especially as a run stopper. He he has not been playing exactly at the level that he was when he was in Baltimore. Part of that, you know, he has to like, compensate for those around him. But, yeah, no, outside of Mosley, I, I like Quincy Williams. I like I like uh, Jamie Sherwood. I'm, I'm hopeful for Hamza Najaldine. I, I even kind of like Del, Delshawn Phillips, but are really even proven as viable starters outside Mosley. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of crazy how much like the Jets believe in Quincy Williams. Like this was a guy who he just scooped up right before you know week one, and you know came in and was playing like in every down role. And I think there were highs. There were some pretty high highs actually. Like he had some really good plays, some really solid games, and then, you know, there's just other times where he just looked lost. Um, like, I see, you know, he has great sideline sideline speed. Uh, you know, physically, I think, like, he's he's got the skills. Like, he's, it's it's mental with him from, you know, what I see watching him. Like, we had a couple, we had a couple times last season where, you know, he would be just lining up to lay the boom on, the like, a running back coming out in a flat, and he could have had a pick, maybe even a pick six. The ball was just floating there, but he's just got his head down, just running through the running back. And, you know, sometimes that was a missed tackle, sometimes a big hit. But if he can just, you know, put the football IQ together and sort of better diagnose, you know, the play and how, how things are going to happen and, you know, what he can take advantage of, I think he can be like a really solid addition. Uh, especially for a guy who just got off waivers. So I'm excited to see how they can, you know, sort of coach him into that role because that's all you really can do with him at this point. Yeah, no, but I, I'm i not sure how I feel about the linebacker group, but the Jets did that last year with their cornerback group. And, the, you know, the pa- the passing defense was uh, horrible. You defense, uh, I felt pretty good at how uh, their young guys played. So – Maybe the situation here, or this. I know they're they've been looking at Quan Alexander, but yeah, Quincy. I feel like he. I feel he improved in the second half. He start. He started uh, slow, slowing down a little, making his head on those plays where he still, you know, wasn't uh, getting picks, but he's at least you know being in the right position, starting to uh, force incompletions or at least uh, make a quick tackle. Yeah, and then you briefly you briefly mentioned Quan Alexander, who, I mean, has always been like a, you know, like a better um, coverage guy. Like I, I see the fit. It sounds like Sala is sort of mixed, and you know, we saw this last year too with the whole Richard Sherman situation. Like, you know, there's an obvious need, and there's this veteran player that's sitting there that you know would be exactly what you want to fill that hole. 
and he just loves his young guys. So, I mean, I personally don't see him doing it. Um, but, you know, I, I think he would be a good addition just because you need some proven depth. I mean, regardless of how much you believe in the room, it's thin. There's not a lot of bodies, and I don't know if DQ Thomas, which, I mean, has you know, intriguing intriguing prospects, but, like, you can't you can't rely on these, these guys, these undrafted free agents to just come in and be starters. Um, so, yeah. or, or at that, like, your linebacker three. So, I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but it, I think they should really look into something because as much as last year we saw, the, like, the cornerback room and rolling with the young guys, I don't think that's quite as comparable as letting it run with the linebackers because your linebackers have got to stop the run. They've got to work in the pass game. They've got to really just, like, command the defense. And I think it's going to be a lot harder to do that when – both games or both phases of the game are in jeopardy as opposed to, you know, primarily just more passing with the rookie quarterbacks. That's fair. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely hoping they sign someone. Sherwood uh, flashed a bit uh, as a rookie, but he could not stay healthy for the life of him. I know Mm -hmm. that will continue to be the trend. But, yeah, right now, definitely a major concern. Maybe maybe they – Sherwood uh, was playing relatively well over uh, the first few games, so something, maybe it'll work out. If not, the Jets are going to be hurt in there for a while. It was Honestly, it was pretty bad last year. We're pretty much in the same exact situation we were last year, so I guess it's not worse. Mm. Jacob Martin actually right now on the website's listed as a linebacker. And uh, from uh, from uh, the relative athletics score, he actually has pretty good measurables to be a linebacker. So maybe Salah's, you know, got a little trick up his sleeve and they're going to try and convert another guy to linebacker, which clearly they they don't yeah. like real linebackers. They just like turning people into linebackers. Yeah, what we've seen. Yeah, he, he, pl- he played uh, – outside linebacker earlier in his career, but I'm assuming that's just, I'm assuming that's just uh, someone made a mistake while pu- punching in the roster, but, you know, it's fun to speculate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see something in preseason. I mean, anything yeah. could happen really at this point. Yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, Douglas will make a trade. I heard uh, Deion Sanders from the Falcons uh, could be available due to his cap at I know the Jets want two overpaid linebackers, though. Yeah, that could be. Two. I, have, I haven't read. Who is it? Deion Jones. Deion Jones. Yeah. I, I saw. I looked too much into him. Yeah, and, uh, it popped up on my feed while I was looking into uh, linebackers we could add, and I'm like, well, you know, got that, got that old bridge connection. I'm, I doubt it'll happen, but it's something that I found interesting. But uh, let, let's move on. So the cornerback room, I'm actually very – I'm really excited by this room. It's very good, young, and fast. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of upside in this room. You know, obviously, I don't know how you can't root for a guy whose nickname is Sauce. And that should say it all to you. But I think that, you know, 
I, I'm really excited what they can do. I, you know, Sauce was a shutdown corner, didn't allow a touchdown in all of college. DJ Reed, who, you know, proved himself in Seattle. You know, there, he was kind of moving around a lot, but, you know, once he got on the right side, I believe it was, um, he held it down really well. And he honestly was, you know, putting up close to, like, Pro Bowl all-pro numbers. Like, he was very good for the Seahawks. And I think just, you know, because of a lot of the stuff that was going on back there, um, you know, last season was obviously not great for them. He, he kind of got overlooked. So, I mean, to t- come away with, you know, those two guys as your starters, um, it's great. I think those, I feel totally great about those guys starting. And then you have, you know, Bryce Hall, who I still beat the drum. I think he's very underrated and a starting quarterback. But, I mean, if he's your three and Eccles, who flashed in his rookie year, is your four, like, I have no worries about the cornerback room compared to last year, which, you know, that was all we were scared about, really. Yeah, last year we were concerned about our cornerback room. We got through the season. We felt pretty good. And then we got two legit starters. It just basically, the fans have to be feeling great. As you said, DJ Reed played at a very high level. While there's some high con- height concerns, uh, he's he's played well for he's played well in spite of it. And just having a player like Bryce Hall as your cornerback three, he could come in to match up with uh, some larger wide wide receivers where he would I feel thrive in those situations. So. I feel I'm very excited. Sauce, we've already talked about him in our other episode. He's just out, he's just an outstanding player. DJ Reed was actually hyping him up uh, the uh, yesterday, just talking about how he was like, yeah, no, he is he is legit. I watched his tape. He is that guy, and so I'm really excited. Brandon Eccles, I also. Th- I think he'll be pushing uh, Michael Carter the second for uh, the corner for the slot corner spot. Uh, also, honestly, like I even like Javelin Guidry, he flashed a lot as a rookie. He had a ridiculous like three forced fumbles, which is top. It may have even been first place at the very least, top five among corners, despite only playing 160 snaps. So, yeah, I. I, I, I don't have any worries about what's going on back there. I'm, I'm honestly more concerned about these safeties um, as opposed to these cornerbacks, which, I mean, the, the, the safeties are few and, you know, not any flashy names, but, I mean, yeah. that's that's going to be a, an interesting situation to see unfold, you know, how these rookie corners are holding up and then if, the, you know, safeties can do their job over the top as well. Yeah, safety's definitely a position to watch. I'm I'm a bit higher on it the most, but I definitely see the concern. I I like Jordan Whitehead. I think he's a very good player, and but he he is more of a run. He is at his best against the run. He is solid in his own coverage, but he's more known for his abilities against the run, which will be a huge help. Him and Reed will help a lot with our run defense because that. Is, the cornerback and safety play was one of the biggest issues there. But outside of Whitehead, there's just nothing but question marks. Lamarcus Joyner, he was a great free safety when he last played it. Unfortunately, now about three or four years ago. And after missing all of last season with an injury, who knows what his availability will be like. 
behind him is Jets starter last year, Ashton Davis, who I'm I'm higher on him than most. Marv was he didn't start playing safety until his uh, sophomore year of college, and before that he only he was he did track in college and played wide receiver in high school. So I it's a tough transition for him. I understand it'll take him some time. But his awareness and just pursuit angles have been horrendous. And, well, those are mental areas, so I think he can improve. But just not he has not done nearly enough for fans to be confident in him week one. Behind him, Jason Panak flashed a little last year as, his, as a free safety, but only in three games. Will Parks played pretty good, but again, in limited time, so... Outside of Whitehead, there's no one fans could really feel good about. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Whitehead is really the only guy. Like, I'm not worried about Whitehead whether you know he's more of a run support guy, or you know he's you know mixed in coverage. I I just you know like he he's not an issue for me. I just really am unsure. Like, who who will be the guy at free safety? Like, Joiner obviously they they must be high on because he didn't even make it out of week one last year and they still brought him back. So they must feel really good about what he can bring as a free safety. Um, you're right, Parks, you know, is solid over the last, you know, three games. Uh, but that's just that three games. They brought him back. They must see something in him as well. Um, you know, Pinnock, who, you know, struggled at corner um, uh, out of, he was a fifth, uh, fifth round pick. I believe. Yeah, I, ble- I believe he's a fifth round pick. Yeah, out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he, yeah, he just kind of struggled. Did not really look sound at cornerback, but you know maybe he finds his footing at safety. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really. There's no, there's no obvious answer, which is you know the real conclusion we can draw to this. So I guess that's just going to be something, something to watch throughout you know mini camps and OTAs and uh, you know eventually training camp. You probably come down to the preseason, you know, who who really earns that spot. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I think it might even be a bit of a revolving door until, you know, you get a few weeks in and then that's, you sort of like will cement your guy going forward. That's honestly what I think it'll be as well. It's pretty much kind of what the Jets, Jets did last year. They were rotating heavily through safety. Panakam high on He He uh, graded out excellently at the combine. He, uh, among corners, as a corner at the time, uh, he had a 9.78 uh, relative athletic score, which ranked 41st out of 1,790 corners from 1987 to 2021. So he definitely got the, he has the measurables where, you, you know, you could believe in him. He definitely showed a lot, showed a lot more comfort at free safety. I won't count Davis out either, just because. PFF actually likes him. According to uh, PFF, he was uh, he's an average level safety over the second half of the season after week nine. He was the thirty second. Uh, talking to some other guys at Jets X Factor, they they uh, are not fans. I'm, I'm biased as a former track athlete. I'm hoping he can improve, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, who knows? If Joyner stays healthy, I'd say it's a pretty good chance it's his his job, but you know, that's a big if. 
Yeah, definitely. We, we you can't pencil anyone in to be healthy anymore. So it's it's really going to come down to you know who's healthy and who can you know go out there and, and you know make plays and hold their own uh, because you know there's there's plenty of talent elsewhere. So if you can even just we really just need a role player. Like if we can get one of these guys to just play average free safety, I'm totally fine with that. I do not need. Jamal Adams, I do not need Jesse Bates as much as, you know, I would love Jesse Bates with all that drama that's going down, but, like, I, I just think you can get away with half-decent free safety play, and, you know, with the cornerback room and the situation is, I, I, I don't need to, I don't need to see any big name, I just want to see confidence. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, part of the reason I'm higher on uh, the Jets' safety room than most is I think a lot of Jets fans are spoiled from the days of Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Yeah. Like, Joyner is a solid safety. Ashton Davis at least started for pretty much over two years. So, Jordan Whitehead is a legitimate above average to have a good safety. And... Honestly, most I feel a lot of teams in the a lot of you know teams with bad safety rooms in the NFL they have like no no one good they have they basically will have like two decent veterans. Yeah, so, I'm interested to see where this goes, and you know definitely something to watch throughout all of camp. Yeah, and, uh, we will see. So uh, before we move on to uh, the schedule, what's one player you think will surprise on defense? On defense, I want to go with Michael Clemens. I, I mean, I look at this guy. He's he's a beast. Like he's just built massive, um, and you know, just even looking at like some quick highlights, like he will just run through guys to get to the cornerback. And you know, he was kind of a head scratcher pick because he's not. He doesn't really fit the mold of like a solid Douglas guy with you know some of the legal trouble he's he's had off the field but i mean on the field he was great at you know texas a&m um i believe he was a captain as well um so i think you know he he will impress at least in a small yeah like you heard Salah say it like he's just as a menace on the football field and i think he will turn some heads in year one for sure as uh I believe Sal is when he spoke in Clemens that when he puts the football on, he goes to a dark place. And honestly, the Jets need that. The Jets need some nastiness, some just, some, an edge, some just physicality and aggression, especially on defense, but honestly on offense too. There's, we're, we're, sorry, we're, getting, uh, we're starting to get leaders, but I still feel we need, we need to bring some more dogs and some more – I guess we did bring in some dogs. Now it's time to just see it on the field. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So who 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 would be your um your pick for you? Know, who do you I'm think will surprise? I'm also going a defensive end, Bryce Huff. Hmm. You know, I'm biased. As a rookie, he thrived in uh. I can't remember the specifics right now. He had a well above average uh, pass rush rate and pressure rate. 
introduced role uh, the first few games of the season before injury slowed him down. He was still playing at a very high level. So I think just, you know, with having Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, John Franklin Myers, Quinnen Williams, Michael Clemens, I think I think it'll just allow Bryce Huff to take in that, you know, more rotational role instead of being forced to be a starter like he was last year. And he'll just be that much better of a pass rusher because of it. Hopefully that helps him stay on the field, you know, taking some workload away. Um, hopefully cut down on the injuries and then he can just turn it loose and, you know, be, be the talented pass rusher we've seen him be. Yep. So uh, the Jets' uh, 2022 schedule. It is officially released, released and uh, boy, did they give us a start. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a gauntlet, to, you know, out of the gate, but I mean, it does soften up on the back end. Um, I I honestly think it's not a bad schedule. I know, like, that first, um, you know, that first go-around, the tour of the NFC North is scary. <laughs> you know, opening up at home against the Ravens, then, you know, at the Browns, home against the Bengals, the sequel to the Mike White game. Who knows what to expect mm. there? Yeah, um, and then the Steelers, that's... at the Steelers. Like, that's, that's definitely – it was a tough division. I – I think that, you know, it could be good. It could be bad. Like, it really all depends on how quickly things start to materialize, especially yeah. with Zach. Yeah, as at least hoping to have, you know, a bit of an easier uh, start to the season, aside from uh, the, the Ravens and Browns. But, you know, what can you do? Um, you know, I, I am definitely a bit concerned just because we are a young team. It takes us some time to get our footing to start the season. You know, the two two games that uh, the Jets kind of need to win, honestly, are uh, the Pittsburgh and Miami games. Outside of that, and, uh, and New England, outside of that, you're facing above average teams. A lot of teams that have legitimate uh, postseason hopes. Yeah, so, I mean uh... – I think, you know, I, I have them going. I don't buy the whole, like, yo, they're going to start the season 0-9. That's just, like, classic downer talk. I don't like any of that. But, I mean, I could see them winning between one and three of, you know, the first games. I don't. They're definitely not going to go 4-0. No, that would be crazy. And they're definitely not going to go 0-4. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Ravens is a winnable game. I think it's going to come down to their run defense because, I mean, Lamar isn't terrible with his arm, but I'm not really scared by it with, you know, the cornerback room we've put together and their wide receiver talent at the moment. Um, Browns, I I don't see them winning that game unless um, Deshaun gets, you know, some sort of suspension from the league. They're just, that's that's like a Super Bowl roster right there. That's going to be a really tough game early on. I mean, they beat, in week three, they beat the, Bengals last year with Mike White, so I don't really know what to expect here. Yeah, they I, I think, Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I think uh, Cincinnati will uh, be taking the game a lot more seriously this time around. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Pittsburgh is definitely a winnable game. I, I yeah, mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Pickett, but I mean, I just think that's they're not going to be easy because you know Mike Tomlin's a great coach and he they're not going to be a disaster. But 
I could see them struggling offensively a lot against you know some of the defensive pieces we have. Their defense, their defense definitely has uh, some stars with uh, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, but on offense, that outside of uh, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson, there's nothing that uh, really scares me. So uh, that's that's gonna be a huge game for the for the Jets. To me, I I feel that's that's really gonna be up to uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets' offense, because as long as as long as they're able to you know put up points at a respectable rate, I don't see Pittsburgh being able to keep pace. But yeah, yeah. the three games before, I'm not I'm not too confident. Baltimore. Decimated by injuries even more than the Jets. They basically they lost both their starting corners, the starting safety, they both starting running backs. They they were decimated by injury. Now they return a second uh, a secondary that could be one of the best in the NFL. And uh, on a, on offense, outside of Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Andrews, there's not there's not too much. But you know, Lamar Jackson elevates the entire unit. So. It's going to be up to Whitehead to, or someone to slow him down. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, there aren't really many games that I see in here that I think, like, oh, there's, like, no way the Jets have a shot. Like, the only games that I think are, like, really far, like, far-fetched for a Jets win would be the Browns if Watson plays. Um, the Broncos, I think, will be really tough, especially because it's on the road. Yeah, especially considering uh, how it went last year before they had Russell Wilson. Yeah, that was that was tough. But I mean, other than that, like those are really the only two games that I would say, you know, like they don't. It's going to be a really tough game. But I mean, I guess you could say, you know, the the, the Bills on the road would. I, I don't see them winning either. But I, otherwise, like they should be in almost every game they play. You know, at least like a respectable like. You know, they're pushing, like, they're moving the ball, they're scoring points, like, maybe they, they're just not the better team, but I think they will be in a lot of winnable situations, and it's going to come down to, you know, the young guys being able to pull out a win against some talented teams. You know, the, I, I was hoping for an easier start, but we'll, we'll learn we'll learn a lot about who the Jets are by week nine. If we're going to make any noise, then we – we need to win at least three games in this stretch if uh, we're going to do anything this season. Realistically, we need four. But if we come away with three and uh, four competitive losses, I'll be uh, better. Or I guess six, but... Yeah, no, well, just... not, not to get ahead of ourselves, but I mean, the Jets did get a good bye this week, week 10. So, I mean, if you want to play the playoffs game, like, if you can, you know, hang in there through the first nine weeks, you know, yeah, come out with like, you know, four wins. Like it open, it the schedule cracks wide open after the bye. You know, after the at, bye, oh, every game is winnable. Yeah, at the at the Patriots, like that's probably your toughest. Well, at the Bills and at the Patriots are really the only ones that you know might give you a hard time. But I mean, the Bears, the Vikings. The Lions, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, like those should be five wins right there. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that's asking too much. I yeah, mean, but... you definitely can beat the Patriots. Bills will be tough. And then at the 
Dolphins might be tough as well. But I, I could definitely see eight or nine wins and pushing for a playoff spot if you can hang in there before the bye. Yeah, outside of the Jets division, which divisional games, aside from for the Jets recently, but uh, usually they're, they're always a toss-up. So um, all the, all those games are winnable. And outside of that, Minnesota, the Vikings are the only team that I expect on that list to be above 500. And even now are like pushing it. Like the Bears, I think are going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. The the Lions, I think, are going to be really bad. The Jaguars, they could be slightly. They could be not terrible, but I don't think they'll be good. Seattle, I think, will be bad. And Miami, yeah. And then it's just New England. There's uh, there's already reports that uh, front office is concerned by what they're seeing from the Jets' offense. And like, who do they? Who do they have to call it? They have Bill Belichick, and like Joe Judge. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's about time that we you know stop just giving them the Patriots pass and assuming they're going to be good. Like, I, they do not scare me at all. Mac Jones does not scare me. They're they defense. just lost their. Yeah, they just lost their best defensive player, J.C. Jackson. Um, like, are, I, I McCordy are ancient. I, I, yeah, I don't. They don't scare me, and I know it's the Patriots, but like I, you can't keep going in those games scared because they're not the team they used to be with Brady. They're just not. And those games, the Patriots, the division as a whole, like what has it been, three years since we won a divisional game? Like you have to win those. Like I'm not asking you to go and like win four or five games in the division. Like I'm asking you to win two or three, and just yeah. keep yourself like in the running. Be competitive. Don't just be stuck in the basement like just enough of that like you gotta start winning those games and then everything else will start opening up for you yeah no that i guess honestly yeah we really just need to we need to take care of it we need to steal a few games in the first half and then take care of business against bad teams in the second half if the judge can do that even in a loaded afc they uh They will be in the play. They could make playoffs, and I realize I messed up earlier. I said we play eight of the top twelve teams over the first nine weeks. I mean that's about the AFC oh, okay. of uh, the top twelve teams in the NFL or the AFC. So it's definitely you know it's tough. It's a tough situation to make playoffs, but it's also. Can just steal a few games early. Then they could easily win at least five games in the second half. Honestly, they could. I could see them winning six. Yeah, I, it's really just going to come down to how many you can steal ahead, and then you're right, just taking care of business in the second half. Because, I mean, the clock's like the clock's ticking. Like this team has got to start winning. Like I feel really good about everything they've done, but I mean the wins have to come sooner rather than later and I I really think like you know it's not I think it's about a league average schedule in terms of you know like opponent um, win percentage uh, but I yeah you just got to start winning games and the talent I think is there producing you know before the last five weeks and you know this team could be competitive you see even Chris uh, Chris Collinsworth talking uh, the other day about you know if there's a team to make this like Bengals type leap, it's the Jets. And I don't see them going to the Super Bowl, but 
they should surprise a lot of teams. I think they'll win a lot of games that they're being counted out of right now. And, you know, they they could push for playoffs and they could be a sneaky tough team to play against. And I just want them to be that, be that team, just be the team that, you know, people want to like make it an easy game and like, okay, this is like a get right game. And you can just come in and, you know, take what's yours and not be the team that's been rolled over again and again and again in the past year. It's like, you got to just shake off that image and, you know, start being a team that people actually start to not want to play against. Yeah, no, the, I, I agree. We've had, you know, some feel good with Douglas the last uh, years. We've, we keep winning the offseason. We need to start winning games. But I feel this is the year to do it because we've had a lot of very good players. This, uh, I listed it out because I, I started thinking about it. It's crazy. Here are the key players are, that we added in 2022. Uh, running back, Brees Hall, wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, tight end, C.J. Uzma, and Tyler Conklin. Guard, Blake and Tomlinson. Tackle, Mackay Beckton, if you include injury. Uh, McGovern's coming back from injury as well. He missed the end of the season. Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, Jacob Martin, D.J. Reed, Sauce Gardner, Jordan Whitehead. That's just just 10 uh, key contributors that uh, the Jets have added this year, and they're all they're all at the very least solid. Yeah, I, they they they've got they've got the personnel now. It's up to solid to just put it together on game day, and for the young guys to you know show why they were you know chosen to be a part of this team, why they were drafted, where they were drafted. Like it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of you know work to sort of find that footing early but if they do like you can you can do a lot of, like it's the NFL for a reason anybody can win on any given Sunday and you have to start taking that mentality and you know bringing that every single week because I, I think that this like this team can really be good if you know Zach Wilson is just even like a solid quarterback and he has this fantastic supporting cast. Like, honestly, if we can have, like, a 49er situation, which I think Zach will be better than Jimmy G, obviously. But if Zach can just be, like, a great game manager and, you know, Brees Hall is breaking off 70-yard runs and Garrett Wilson is catching 50-yard touchdowns, like, perfect. Like, that's – I just need people to show why we took them and why they're where they're drafted. And, you know, if everybody does their job, we will have success. I have no doubt in that. Yeah, I, I agree. The right, we have the tools to run the the forty nine er system. We've seen we've seen how it elevates even backup quarterbacks at high level, like Nick Mullins in his first game ever tossed for like three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, the Jets the Jets have not had a quarterback do that since Fitz Magic in twenty fifteen, and I think he was pretty much the only one. So. It's time. It's time to start coming together. It's right now. You're right. It, it's it's up to Wilson now. The offensive line has top ten potential. The wide receiver core on it has has at least top fifteen potential. And I honestly think it can get better. Although that may take a few years. The tight end room is very good. The running back room is very good. Your defense is at least. I feel at least should be around average now. You're. With the, you're the 
one of the only rookie QBs staying in the same offensive situation. We're returning most of our starters. We've added a lot of help. It's it's now or never. Yeah. So, you know, with with that in mind, if I don't know if you have any gut predictions, like where where do you think the win total is gonna what do you think we're gonna see at the end of twenty twenty two? Um, well, there's a lot of different ways uh, this could shake out. Uh, I think I'd say our floor is really around a lot, uh, six or seven wins. I I'd say we're probably. I feel the Jets could finish with eight or nine wins this season. Just uh, a solid year where you know, probably how good the AFC is. Not sure if that's a playoff record, but. That that's a record where you're like, okay, we're a young team. Our young guys did enough to start winning some games, and we're starting to put it all together. And we're gonna head into 2023 with our eyes on a deep playoff run. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's very realistic. I also, you know, see this team. I think the floor is six wins. I just think there's a little bit too much talent to really see anything less than that. And I would say. I wouldn't see them going higher than 11, which obviously 11 is like everything's clicking. I mean, you're in the playoffs right. at that point. But, you know, when when the schedule dropped, I just, like, looked at it. I made a gut check um, prediction. So I had um, a win against – I had a win against the Ravens week one, Bengals week three, Steelers week four, um, home against the Dolphins week five, home against the Patriots week eight, um, uh, home against the Bears week 12, um, at the Vikings week 13, home against the Lions week 15, then the Jags in week 16, and the, at the Seahawks at 17. So that would be um, nine wins, I believe, or ten, ten wins, which I th- I'm a little bit optimistic. I won't even lie. That was like a gut check kind of thing, but I – like uh, when I look at when I go by game by game, like it makes sense. Like I don't think that's crazy. I I, I did the same thing. I had uh, the Jets beating uh Sean Watson less Browns, then beating the Steelers and the Dolphins back to back, then you know going a losing streak till the bye, beat the Patriots at, at uh another stadium, but whatever. At the, beating the Patriots in their home stadium, then beating the Bears and Vikings. Honestly, the only teams we lose to in the second half are uh, the Bills and Dolphins. The Jets go on a six and two second half run. Yeah, that's like if that's what we see, I would, I would be happy with that. I think you can build off of that, and you know, it, I mean, it's not that hard of a schedule as much as it might be like set up a little tricky with it a really rough start, but I I have faith that, you know, they're going to figure it out early, and I think that they can really start putting together a winning product, a good product, and a football team that, you know, actually shows up in the, in the hunt graphic, you know, come week 10, week 11, because you know, when's the last time we saw the Jets in there? Uh, I'm sick of fans being upset about wins because it messes up our draft pick. I want yeah. I want us to be rooting for to win every game to make playoffs. I'm I'm done I'm done rooting for losses. Didn't really 100%. do it in the first place, but definitely done now. 
But uh, I think uh, that's all for today. You got anything else you uh, want to say? Um, September can't come soon enough. I know I'm going to be at the home opener, actually. So I'm definitely excited about that. So hopefully we can start off the year one and now. I know a lot of people are going, but uh, yeah, OTA is starting up soon. But until then, got a jet. <laughs>